0: The following is paid programming brought to you by WT Wealth Management. Nothing we discuss should be considered as investment advice. This conversation is for informational purposes only. Please do your own research and speak to an investment advisor or financial planner before making any investment decisions. You're listening to Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. Uh, if you want to talk with Glenn, give him a call anytime at 928-225-2474. Email intelligentinvesting at WTwealthmanagement.com. Um last week, Glenn, we started our two-part series on commodities. Hit oil and well, oil and I was gonna say oil and gold, oil and natural gas. Yep, yep, and all its uses and, and what life would be like without that. Uh, go check that out by looking up Intelligent Investing. Uh, with Glenn Least on your favorite podcast provider, but we wanted to continue with commodities and get into gold and silver and so precious metals and lithium. So mm-hmm. lithium is like for for the batteries. Yep. Lithium. That's the component. Okay. Yep. Um, but let's start with gold. It's been around for a couple of years. <laughs> Whenever I think of gold, I always
1: think of pirates and uh, the Goonies. I don't You're know why. You think of Goonies, yeah.
0: You Goonies, yeah. But
1: no, gold's been around for a while. Um, definitely been a historically um, pretty uh, effective store of, uh, of value. Um, you think about all the kings back in the day and all their gold storages, um, even the Roman Empire used precious metals for their coins. Um, yeah. you know, they'd have silver coins, and then, you know, talk about inflation—they'd debase it, meaning they would instead of being 100% silver, they'd be 98% and then 90 and then flip it. <laughs> so, yeah, so precious metals, specifically gold, has been around for a long time, and um, you know, it's a it's a somewhat rare um, metal. Um, it takes a lot of effort to find it and mine it. But um, it's certainly not impossible to find, um, like plutonium, obviously, you know, or uranium. Those are like ridiculously hard to find. But gold is available. Um, we use it as a symbol of wealth. We use it for jewelry. We use it for, um, you know, aerospace and defense. We use it for our some of our uh, microprocessors and the the chips um, for conduction. So there's quite a few uses for uh, for gold. Um, now, gold in and of itself is an interesting asset class because. Um, one of the things I've heard a lot of people say is, um, I should just take all my money and put it in gold. And you know, what does that mean? How does gold work? What are the dynamics of what it does? Because it's definitely very different than say, owning a share of Amazon. So I thought it would be a great show to talk about what gold is, some of the pros, some of the cons, um, you know, from a currency perspective, the using gold was really um effective because it was divisible, meaning you could divide up the gold. Um, You know, so if you had a $10 gold piece, you could divide it up, you know, by melting it down and bre- breaking it up into $1 gold pieces or gold dust. So that was an important part of any currencies that has to be divisible, um, has to have a, a pretty stable store of value. So gold definitely met those criteria, but we're not in that same world today. You know, we no. don't, um, you know, the US dollar is what we use as currency. We don't go around using gold to buy stuff from the store. So I think gold is um, definitely an important asset class, but um, understanding it, I think, is very important as well.
0: Yeah. It used to put some restraints on government spending too. Right? <laughs> I mean, when the dollar was backed by gold specifically, but it wasn't that long ago, Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. It was so backed, but you could trade it in and, you know, that, um,
1: for any of the listeners out there, we just I just watched a documentary um, by PBS Frontline called "The Age of Easy Money." Um, really interesting, talking about the Federal Reserve, our monetary system. But the I think it was the 1970s. Nixon took us off the gold standard, um, and basically that allowed them to spend more than what they had. That's exactly what Rome did. Is they they didn't have enough money to finance their Wars or to, you know, do their elaborate coliseums and, and and they found a way to, um, you know, devalue their currency in order to pay for things. And so, um, when we were on the gold standard, um, you could go in and take a dollar and exchange it out for a dollar's worth of gold. And so by taking us off that gold standard, well, one one of the factors that kind of caused that is all the other nations that we owe debt to wanted to call in all their chips yeah. and would have wiped all of our gold stores out completely as a nation. So um in the infinite wisdom at the time, we went off the gold standard, <laughs> which just allows the printing press to run um without restraint. Yeah. Um, and that we're seeing the problem of that today. It's just. You know, the dollar bill is, in essence, just funny money. Um, it, it's not funny to us because it actually means something, but it's like, what actually is that currency? You know, what does it represent? It just represents our our faith in the government and, the trust, and, that it, yeah. trust, and, and trust that has value because we believe it has value, but not that it's tied to any particular commodity.
0: Yeah, and it, yeah, I, I remember I re- saw some documentaries on that as well. Glenn and uh, France was coming in to cash in and force the closure of the gold window. Cause they're like, okay, here's your dollar bills back. Can we get all the gold now? And, uh, it didn't work out too good. So what's, um, we talked about this quite a bit last week when it comes to, um, petroleum based product products, Glenn, and what influences the price of gold, what influences really the price on any commodity? It's, it's all very similar, <laughs> correct?
1: Yeah. So gold is interesting that there's a couple other, um, things that factor into the price of gold, not just supply and demand, but gold has traditionally been seen as a fear hedge, uh, or a, uh, instability hedge, Did you so, say fear hedge, fear hedge. Yeah. 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 Um, so when things are very scary or there's a lot of instability in our currency or in our government or around the world, people tend to flock tor- towards gold. And, uh, to me, um, I don't, understand why they pick gold. I think it's just because of the history that it had. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of other things that you could find that are effective stores of value aside from just gold. Um, But that is one dynamic of it that still seems to um, be recurring today. So definitely supply and demand um, is one of them. Um, The uh, inflation rates that also impacts the price of gold as well. So, in times of high inflation, where its uh, gold tends to keep pace with inflation most of the time, um, I think it's been said that an ounce of gold can buy a nice man's suit. suit yeah, yeah, and it's always kind of held that way. Yeah. So, right now, gold's at nineteen hundred bucks. Uh, I think you probably buy a nice suit for nineteen hundred dollars. So, it'd be pretty good.
0: Yeah, it'd be nice. So, back a hundred years ago, same thing. Y- yeah, you yeah, nice and, and interesting. I
1: actually looked at the price of gold from 1975 till now in 1975 it was about a hundred dollars an ounce right now it's around 1900 and so some people have told me oh well gold will do so much gold has done better than the smp in the last 50 or 60 years. And, um, I mean, you can find a, a chart or a graph at any point in time and, and make that true. But, um, just because of the dynamics of maybe where the market was in gold. But if I looked at 1975 till now, um, for the S and P, um, in 1975, the S and P was around a hundred bucks or so in that range. And now it's at 4,200 versus, um, same time frame for gold, a hundred to 1900. So m- more than double its performance. Um, but gold actually doesn't, the downside of gold is that um, it doesn't produce anything. It's not like a um, this piece of metal goes out and innovates or, corrects the, or you know, um, creates the next Snapchat or the next good or service that's going to revolutionize our world. It's just a piece of metal. So it does have limited applications as far as that goes.
0: Okay. Um, how about silver? Cause they're always kind of paired together there. Um, how's it used? How's it compared to gold when you, when you've been looking at that historically, I yeah. should note, I really like silver. Yeah. It's so
1: just kind of fun. <laughs> silver is um, similar to gold. Um, still kind of a fear hedge, but silver has a lot more applications mm. than gold. Um, like, like gold pretty much it's jewelry, well, can't you know, we, we don't use it in teeth anymore. I was going to say teeth filling, but we don't I really use gold. I got my big old bling here. <laughs> yeah. Is, if ever, things ever get hard, you can go in and cash in <laughs> your fillings. It's actually a
0: pretty good savings program. It's like, <laughs> here, just pop this out. You uh, <laughs> used yeah, to do so, that, right? <laughs> um,
1: so, yeah, jewelry. Uh, gold is used for some aerospace and defense. Um, and then also maybe a little bit of microchips that's used, but it's not. It's a great conduit. I mean, you can, yeah. tr-
0: you can stretch that mm-hmm. gold really thin, but that's pretty costly wire.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Uh, copper might be yeah. better. Might that, be better, but is silver like you know, the uh, the red headed stepchild, of yeah, so, so much yeah. cheaper and just yeah. as effective, but yeah. yeah, so silver, some of the um, uh, applications that silver has that's different is um, the industrial application, so um, you know, silver is a very good connectivity, electrical, connect, mm-hmm. conductive material, um, it also has a lot of reflectability too, so. Um, that's an important aspect. It also has antimicrobial purposes too. Um, so some people, um, use silver as medicinal applications. You've heard of collodial, cl- collodial silver. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mispronounced that, but yeah, silver has applications there. Um, batteries, solar panels, medical imaging devices, and a whole lot more. So I think silver, as far as an application um, of how that commodity is used is much more broad than gold. Um, and I look for commodities that have a lot of real world application. And if anything is on top of that, like it responds well in in fear times or instability, that's great. That's icing on the cake, but I don't want that to be my only thing that I look at when I'm looking at commodity is just, it only does well when things are scary. Okay. I want it to also have a real world application, which is why as a firm, you know, we still have gold in our portfolio. Um, we also have silver, but we, we tend to lean more towards. Other areas like lithium, which we'll cover next, because that has huge, um, you know, applications for our lives today. But yeah, kind of going back to gold, uh, silver, um, silver has also been a currency over the years too. We talked about, uh, Rome and the, denari- the denarius. Is that what it was? Yeah, I denari- think so. Yeah. Yeah. And so they made that out of silver. So yeah. in the beginning, it was 100% silver. And then, the government uh, was <laughs> wanting more money. So they debased it and made it only 98% silver, And then that kept going on. And actually was part of the reason why the Roman empire collapsed it is just inflation was just through the roof. No one could afford anything because they devalued their currency so much. So um, so silver does have some um, currency applications too.
0: And we, I should note that the pre 1965 uh, quarters, um, dimes uh, here in the U S if you've, you won't find them anymore. It's pretty rare in circulation. You can buy them uh, on the secondary market, you know, Glenn. Um, But they had um, like 90% silver in them. Mm -hmm. And now you look at it and it's got, is it zinc or, Copper, whatever they got in there. Mm-hmm. They've taken the copper out of the pennies. So we've kind of seen that happen yeah, over yeah. the past 50 plus years. What is it?
1: Uh, the penny um, is actually worth two cents An actual. The old, ones, if yeah, you old get, ones. Yeah.
0: Because now they, they kind of took out that they replaced the. What are we doing here? We should be going finding pennies. Finding pennies. Well, people did that in the sixties <laughs> with the silver coins as they were coming out of circulation. And um, you know, a quarter was a quarter and now it's what's an ounce of silver. Yeah. Um, Wow. It's 25, 25 bucks, you know, so you get a few quarters, you're, you're pretty good. Uh, All right, let's get into, you want to hit on lithium when we come back, which is, uh, yeah, I was
1: going to actually just uh, give you one last uh, snippet on the um, price of silver too, because you did mention that. So 1960 or 1970, sorry, is about a dollar 67 an ounce. And then right now it's around $25 an ounce. So definitely over that same time period has seen um, a lot of growth, much more than the gold has. um, And, you know, silver. Um, again, it's uh, it's still just a metal, so um, it doesn't innovate, but it certainly has a lot of applications. So I kind of lean more towards silver in a lot of applications than gold. But are both both are great uh, commodities.
0: Yeah, and I think it'll um, when we get into lithium because the um, aspects of that when it comes to the technology and the batteries and all that, and you hit it with silver, there's so many yeah, if they. Yeah last week we talked about getting um electric people want to electrify mm-hmm. that's going to take a lot of silver
1: oh the other thing is silver is <laughs> used, uh, used as as um no I'm thinking lithium lithium uh, okay, we'll get lithium into that. bicarbonate so okay uh, depression meds. so oh, okay
0: all right let's, <laughs> yeah, get into, let's get into that next <laughs> let's get into lithium when we get back uh, email Glenn at intelligent investing at com or give a call at 928 928. that's 928-225-2474 back in just a minute you're listening to intelligent investing with glenn least give glenn a call right now at 928-225-2474 that's 928-225-2474 more intelligent investing with glenn least when we come back intelligent investing with glenn least hey give glenn a call at 928-225-2474 or email intelligent investing at com. going over commodities uh hit gold and silver we hit oil and natural gas last week moving on to i don't know a lot of people didn't really think about this one till the past few years or decade or so mm-hmm. um lithium i guess because it's it's growing in its importance yeah. why
1: yeah so Lithium, um, is used in a lot of, um, battery storages. So battery storage technologies. So, um, if you look at any of your batteries and any of your electronic devices, um, usually they're lithium ion batteries, especially if it's rechargeable. Um, I mean, the, uh, laptop, the cell phone, your, um, you know, EV car, or if you have a renewable energy plant, they're storing the energy in those battery systems. And so, um, it's becoming more and more of a thing. I mean, think about, every electronic device you have in your house and how many of those have lithium batteries. And, um, you know, they need to be replaced after a certain amount of time too. So they're not like, uh, once you have a lithium battery, you, it'll always, you know, be good. Um, after a couple of years, years, usually need to recharge it, uh, or not recharge it, but replace it. Yeah. Um, as evidenced by some of the iPhones, you have an iPhone for more than like three years and it just doesn't hold a charge as much. So, um, but that's the most efficient way we have of uh, energy storage right now for electric energy storage, lithium. So definitely as we move more towards electric, everything, you know, it's going to be more and more of an issue or not more more and more important. Um, and and I'm noticing this myself too. Um, I was at the home Depot the other day and I was cutting some trees down at my house and I had a gas powered chainsaw. And then I went to go get another one, which is like a pole saw, you know, a little bit higher can to get the high branches and they didn't have any gas powered anything. there. There is only like one brand that made gas power and all the other seven or eight major brands, everything was electric. So, Mm -hmm. um, and I was a little bit hesitant. I'm like, well, I've got some other Ryobi electric tools. And so I got this Ryobi, um, saw drill and I was kind of in my mind thinking, oh, this is not going to be as good. But to my surprise, it actually was pretty effective. Um, especially because of the difference between a combustion engine and electric engine, the electric engine can spool up a lot faster. Um, I mean, if you've ever had like a remote control car, like yeah, a nice one, the, motor um, torques, yeah. Yeah, the, the torque is unbelievable. Which is why some of those Teslas are so quick. Um, so um, EV and lithium uh, has definitely grown over the years, and so uh, I'm not opposed to it, um, and I think it could be a good thing. There, there are certain applications where you know, lithium is just not appropriate. Um, so one might be, is I, I have a client of mine who has a landscaping company and they've got the big <clears throat> mowers of grass, right. And, uh, they're all, um, either diesel or gasoline. They can mm-hmm. do an entire football field and they're good to go. Whereas if they went to electric, they can only use that thing for maybe two hours and then they have to go offline and recharge it. And each one of those batteries, cause it's a huge Extensive, industrial. Yeah. yeah it's going to be pricey. So, there are limitations with electric as far as that goes. So if you're doing long, prolonged, um, either travel or use the device, um, you would have to either have multiple batteries or kind of pause and, and uh, let it recharge. Whereas gasoline um, applications just don't have the same issue. You just fill it up with gas and keep going.
0: So. I have a ton of power tools and equipment. And I have a lot of electric stuff for drills and this Mm -hmm. and that. Um, a prime example would be weed whackers. Yep. I have a gas powered weed whacker and steel and then a steel uh, battery powered one. Batteries, one's real good just to get out real quick and you got to do a little bit of work mm-hmm. or I give it to my son to do work. Yeah. Um, but if I have to really get into it and I'm really hacking down a lot of stuff, I get out the gas one. It's still yeah. it's still more efficient. And I'm in easier. the exact same yeah.
1: boat. I got the electric uh, weed whacker and it's OK for like a little bit of yeah. jobs here and there. Or I mean, if I've got lots of batteries then it's like, OK, fine. But those batteries are pricey. 100,
0: 200 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Depending on the, how yeah. long you want it to go
1: for. Exactly. So um, now um, the flip side Is you know I'm getting solar installed, so you know hopefully I'll be able to um, make electricity a lot cheaper for me. Mm -hmm. So you know some of these electric things you know will become cheaper to operate. Charge for free, yeah, Yeah, charge for free. So, um, but the other applications for lithium, um, not just energy storage and batteries, electric vehicles. um, But we said pharmaceuticals last. uh, You know before we took a break, I talked about lithium bicarbonate. Um, You know so so that is a very popular mood stabilizer. Um, and so there's a lot of, uh, applications in those realms. So, and that is, you know, lithium. Um, and so, um, definitely pharmaceuticals is one aspect of it. Aerospace and defense is another one. Mm. Um, <clears throat> cause it's, uh, very light and has a high energy density. So, uh, lithium is very, um, you know, useful in that aspect. How much? Um, how
0: much lithium? You think that rocket used? Did you see that rocket that yeah, Elon Musk launched? Yeah. that and blew it, up. I was like conf-
1: I was confused because <laughs> it blew it blew up, but they're like, "This was a success." They said, "I think they just said as long as it got off the launch pad, it was a <laughs> success." So, um,
0: imagine if that was your metric, multi-billion dollar. I just wanted to go up a little bit. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, y- yeah. So there's a lot of uh, lithium used in there. Yep. Um, y- you know, and they're also using nuclear re- reactors as coolant, So um, lithium has applications there um, also as a lubricant. And so um, they use it in some of the production of grease and lubricants as lithium. Um, so it's an additive there. Um, and then glass and ceramics, surprisingly enough. So mm. lithium has applications there. Um, so it, it it helps lower the melting points of those materials. And so it helps improve their properties. So Uh, if you've ever had anything that's gold, it's not 100% gold, it's a gold mixture, you know, because gold is such a brittle material that they have to, you know, lace it with some other things. And so lithium is kind of on the opposite side where they can add it in to, uh, glass and ceramics and make that ceramic or glass easier to produce and more efficient as a product. Cause, uh, Think about those, um, Pyrex, um, glass, um, pans that you have that you put in the oven. Mm-hmm. Those things can like, you can heat them up to like five, 600 degrees and they just hold steady. And I don't know if all regular glass has that same property. So I definitely think that that particular, um, application might've used something like lithium to increase its, uh, melting point, if you will. So, um, uh, that that's important bottom too. line,
0: just tons of applications. Yeah. And then also some
1: important. research, um, yeah. you know, scientific research and, uh, you know, experimentation. Um, they use a lot of lithium in that aspect, but I'd say the main ones are going to be, um, your, your batteries, um, aerospace and defense. And then the, um, lubricants are probably the most common applications of, of lithium.
0: A couple more questions here, Glenn. I'm going to end with here in just a second. How, how do you get into this type of things and you know, what should people do? But, Um, I think one of the, is one of the challenges with lithium. A lot of it comes from overseas. A lot of it's Mm -hmm. China and other
1: places, correct? I think like 80% of the lithium mines are owned by China.
0: Yeah. So that creates some really big hurdles going forward for a nation that's Uh saying, Hey, let's electrify everything. Um, yeah. We don't have that call
1: of, uh, you know, China in that aspect. Yeah. It It is a challenge for sure. Um, I don't know what the solution is. Though, yeah. Well,
0: with that said though, is when you're looking at where to invest and things mm-hmm. like that and, and portfolios, uh, I mean, well, and people in general, How do they explore this? How do they move forward if they want to incorporate this into your portfolio? What are you looking for as well?
1: So we have, um, so we have our our gas, you know, our our oil and gas, natural gas exposure. We've got our gold and silver exposure. Um, and then our lithium exposure is actually much higher than the other two combined. And so our lithium exposure is usually one and a half to 2% of our portfolio. Because we see it has so much growth potential over the years. So we buy a fund that owns the top 15 or 20 lithium mining companies. So that's our way of it getting exposure there. Um, and sometimes when we look at um, investments, we can pick out the individual winners in that particular industry, like the dominant players. But with lithium, um, we just decided to own the top fifteen or twenty, you know whatever the case may be, um, because there's no standout one winner that you know dominates the entire industry so unfortunately, um, a lot of them are overseas, we try to get ones that are not china based but um, we are kind of limited that sometimes we have to have a little bit of exposure in those uh, areas to do it
0: all right, if you want to learn more and you want to talk with Glenn one on one well. Couple things you can do. You can email intelligent investing at com. Also yep. uh, call 928-225-2474. And we encourage you to look up the podcast last episodes as well, past episodes, mm-hmm. uh, Intelligent Investing with Glenn Least. And we'll be back next week. Hit it once again. All right. Sounds good. All right. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Good. good information. We'll take care everyone. We'll see you soon. All has been paid programming brought to you by WT Wealth Management. Nothing we've discussed should be considered as investment advice. This conversation was for informational purposes only. Please do your own research and speak to an investment advisor or financial planner before making any investment decisions.